0: We have our election special coming up here in just a minute, but first, breaking news. Police have linked several deadly shootings in Stockton and Oakland, California, to a potential serial killer. Uh, So far, seven shootings, six of them fatal, have been attributed to the potential murderer. Because this is California, I know know what you're thinking. Um, And yes, I understand why you would think it. It makes a lot of sense, obviously. But we need to deal with facts here. We have no evidence at this time that links Gavin Newsom To these murders now obviously we all understand that every mind in america is immediately going to jump right there and and i get it but we have absolutely no verifiable proof at this point to definitively conclude beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is the work of gavin newsom we are naturally all very concerned about this and we want to make absolutely sure we're not jumping the gun on anything here It may be a a poor choice of words in this particular. But I know you're feeling it. I I know your friends are saying it. I know it makes perfect sense. But with all that said, we cannot definitively attach Gavin Newsom to these crime scenes yet. I mean, we should also note that he's not officially been cleared of these crimes in any way, uh, shape or form. I, I, I repeat, I have not heard one person say that Gavin Newsom didn't do these terrible things and yeah you know that is weird considering he's the governor and a very famous public figure you'd think someone would step up and say he didn't do this but so far no all i'm saying is that we don't definitively know that he committed all of these murders yet Obviously, time and additional evidence may force us to confront the fact that Gavin Newsom is a psychotic serial killer who is guilty beyond the shadow of a doubt. I'm just saying we are not at that point right now. Yet. Look, Gavin Newsom is currently running for re-election, and when there is such a serious charge on the table, it can be difficult to understand what you're supposed to do as a voter. If you're in California and you want to take the risk of having... A potential, but not confirmed, serial killer in office. That's definitely something you can do. That that option is available to you. Just remember, it's a lot harder to recall and imprison someone once they're voted into office. That's all. And just so you know, police in California have sent over some more information regarding the killer. Here it is. Uh, it's a wanted poster. With a you know, it's interesting to look at these things. I guess if you've ever seen this person, go ahead, dial the number but it's always difficult to tell who the suspect could be based on a drawing. And I I, I don't know where to lead you on this, but do your best because whomever did these terrible things should definitely not be on the streets or in the governor's mansion. No word yet on what the reward might be, but may I suggest keeping Gavin Newsom out of office be the reward. It would be a gift to all humanity, not because He's a serial killer, which I would remind you, he has only been credibly alleged, not confirmed yet. But Gavin Newsom should simply be out of office because he's a terrible governor who has been ruining the lives of Californians for years and who also coincidentally, I remind you, has not been exonerated of criminal mass murder. Stew does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go to subscribe to Blaise TV. Use the promo code Stu to save 10 bucks. Welcome to election 2022, the final month and a day. But the final month and a day is a terrible title, so we just named it the final month. It's actually Saturday is one month until the election. This is here, guys. Like, we're in the middle of it. The final stretch, the final countdown. We would play the music, but we don't have the rights for it. Um, we're going to cover a bunch of stuff here today. Mainly, we're going to start with the Senate. We're going to go over some governor stuff later on. We'll talk about the House. We'll talk about all of it to try to get you set up for the final uh, stretch run here as we go into the election and uh, kind of give you a reminder. If you haven't seen this, we haven't done this in a few weeks. If you have the House, you have 435 seats that are up for election every two years and. That's nice and easy. You're kind of everybody is up for election every two years. There's no tilted starting ground with the House. The Senate is a different story. So we start with a tilted ground. Basically, we start with 36 Democrats already ready to go. And we only have the 29 Republicans that start. All of these seats are not even available to, uh, you know, to there's no elections going on in those places. So it starts 3629 Democrats. And this is a big reason why this is going to be a difficult year, even in a Republican year, to see huge gains in the Senate. They've got 36 locked up, even if they lose all their elections. They've got some easy ones as well. So really, it's gonna be difficult to get to a huge majority for Republicans this time. Let's go through what we have here. These are the, let's call them uh, the likely states, uh, likely slash safe states. A lot of these we're just gonna blow through here. Uh, Oregon, Hawaii, uh, Illinois. These are all Democrat safe states. Maryland, New York, Connecticut. Oregon looks pretty interesting in the governor uh, situation. We'll get into that in a little bit. But these other ones are pretty, pretty safe. Vermont and California. That gives you eight states that line up in the likely Democrat category. Now, we move these around as we go. We don't just leave them in the same place, but no no big, you know, huge changes right there. On the Republican side, you got a bunch of states as well that should be pretty darn simple for Republicans to win. We'll start Alabama, uh, Arkansas. Iowa, big lead in Iowa right now. No problems there. Most likely for Grassley, Idaho. You've got Indiana. You've got Kansas. You also have in the safe re- or likely Republican category, Kentucky. That's Rand Paul, Louisiana, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Another Oklahoma. There's a special election there. Both seats pretty safe for Republicans. South Carolina and Tim Scott. No problems there. And South Dakota. So there you got a bigger number. Uh, As you see, you have 13 likely Republican seats. And that's kind of our starting ground for where this gets uh, kind of interesting because you're going to have a bunch of these seats that as always the case in these elections, that are sort of off the board early. These are states that will probably be called relatively soon. So let's go over to the leaning Democrat states. We've got a few here, and we start with Colorado. Now, Colorado is Bennett. He is uh, running a race where he's been up uh, high single digits most of the time. There have been a couple polls that make this race look interesting, but Bennett is pretty heavily favored to hold on to that one so far. We also have Washington, Washington. Sort of the same situation, a candidate there that the Republicans really like. uh, And she, uh, Smiley, uh, Tiffany Smiley is her name. She uh, she is a pretty good candidate and uh, is one that Republicans have high hopes for if she could be competitive in this race. I will say Washington and Oregon sometimes do have close elections, even though it feels like it is a completely blue state. They do have some competitive times here. Um, So these are races to watch. A little closer than that is New Hampshire. Now, New Hampshire, um, they had the Republican primary there and uh, Bullduck won. Now, Bullduck was the presented as let's say how the media covers this there was a more moderate candidate more acceptable candidate who finished second in that primary for the republicans don bolduck won up winning it and now goes up against maggie hassan in this race we've seen some the initial polling after that primary was pretty wide. It was about a 12 point um, uh, margin that has tightened, though, in the last couple of weeks down to about six. So it's now kind of within striking distance for Republicans to possibly have a shot. New Hampshire is basically a purple state, maybe leans a little bit blue, but not out of reach for Republicans. Uh, And that gives us three in the lean Democratic Category. Now, over to the lean Republican category. We've got a few here as well. Uh, a couple that I'm going to put in this category, and I'm leaving here because they're just kind of weird and interesting, and it's not exactly, we sh- can't be entirely sure how they're going to turn out yet. Alaska. Now, Alaska is pretty surely going to be a Republican state. And the reason why I say that is they have two Republicans basically running against each other. They have a new system. If you don't know what it is, basically they take the top four candidates. They put them against each other in ranked choice voting, uh, regardless of party. So you've got the top two candidates. There are uh, a Republican that was endorsed by uh, Donald Trump against Lisa Murkowski, who's been the senator. And then her family has been in office seemingly since the beginning of time before Alaska was founded. A Murkowski was running the place, and so that's been going on for a while. Now you have uh, the way the ranked choice voting works is basically the fourth place candidate, whoever that is. If they're in fourth place and no one has a majority of votes, that fourth place, those fourth place votes get eliminated and reassigned to the other three candidates. And the same thing happens to the third place candidate until you get to somebody that has 51 percent of the vote or 50.1 percent of the vote. Um, That is how this thing works. So right now, the polling is really uncertain in Alaska. We don't know who's going to win, if it's going to be the Trump direction or the Murkowski direction. We do know one of them is most likely going to win. Uh, I am of the belief that you have to show me that a Murkowski is going to lose in Alaska. I kind of just don't believe it anymore. But this is a serious threat here, and this race is pretty tight. The polling's hard to know if it can be trusted in a race like this, though. So we could either have a sort of moderate, Republican-ish candidate or a Trump-endorsed candidate coming out of Alaska, but it will be a Republican. Uh, not the same situation in Utah, where Mike Lee is going up against uh, Evan McMuffin, McMullen. Glenn calls him McMuffin. And I always say, I keep saying to him, like Mike Lee's great. Why are you keep calling him McMuffin? Because people like McMuffins. It's like you're helping Evan McMullen win by calling him McMuffin. But, I don't know, I, I, maybe I'm the only one who likes McMuffins. I think they're fantastic. But M- Evan McMullen, look, you know, he's a guy who ran for president in 2016 on sort of a um, anti-Trump um, banner, uh, as a not a Republican, as an independent. Uh, he His best state in the Union was Utah by a wide margin. Um, he is a former CIA agent going up against Mike Lee. You know my feelings about Mike Lee. I think he's the, probably the best senator in the Senate. I think he's fantastic. He's the, one of the guys who actually likes the Constitution, unlike so many others. Um, the reason why this is interesting is because he's not Evan McMullen's not running as a Democrat. He's running as an independent, and And they are trying to basically fool uh, the voters in Utah into thinking, well, he's basically a Republican and the moderate voters who are right leaning might go his direction. Combine that with the Democratic votes. There's no Democratic candidate in this race. They're actually running only an independent. All the Democrats are going to vote for McMullen, which tells you something about McMullen. Does it not? Does it not inform you why this is going on? Um, So anyway, the race there have been a couple polls that have this race really close, within a couple of points. They're weird polls, though. They're polls with really big swaths of people that are undecided. Could that be a factor? I don't know. I don't think it's super as close as uh, as some of those polls say. Other polls have Mike Lee up by 17 points, so it's hard to tell where this race is. But it's theoretically possible that Lee could be uh, vulnerable. We have him in the leaning Republican category. Um, Eric Schmidt in Missouri. Uh, most polls show him up low double digits. This race looks pretty safe, but we still have him in the leaning category for now. Marco Rubio has had a really good run over the past couple of weeks in polls in this race. Um, he's going up against Val Demings, which which is a sort of highly prized Democratic candidate, was on the shortlist for um, uh, vice president for Joe Biden this last election. Uh, and Rubio is one of these guys that has been underperforming, I think, in a state where DeSantis is kind of running away with the race. It seemed like Rubio was a little too close for comfort for a while. That lead has opened up over the past couple of weeks. Instead of a three, four point margin now seems like it's seven, eight even one poll showing him up double digits. We have Ohio J.D. Vance in Ohio. Now, these polls in Ohio have been, I will say, uncomfortably close for J.D. Vance against Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan is a failed Democratic presidential candidate. Trying to, again, kind of fake people out and make people think that he's a moderate. He's he's not. Um, It is. It's a situation where it's just a matter of whether the Ohio voters can see through this or not. I don't know that they will. I think they will, though. Uh, It's a it's a red leaning state and a state where polls have been off a lot. You know, people like to bash the polls. I understand that they've had some real problems, but they've had the problems they've had have largely been regional, especially with Donald Trump in the Trump era, where you've seen states like Wisconsin, states like Ohio continually undersell Republican support. So I think the assumption here, because you look at straight just the polling, you might call this race a toss-up. The fundamentals, though, lead to Ohio. The polling errors in past uh, couple of elections have led uh, le- leaned towards the Republican side. So we have Ohio in the leaning category, but it's a pretty tight race, one of the tighter races we have as a leaner. And this one is a new move for us. We had this uh, election in the toss up category. Last time we did this, we move Wisconsin now over to the whoa, lean. Sorry about that. Lean Republican category. I can't. I almost have to drop a couple of magnets. That's part of the show. Um, Ron Johnson looks like he has now taken a. Uh, a small but consistent lead in the state, uh, up by about four points pretty consistently in all of these polls. This is a pretty highly polled state. It's also a poorly polled state. Ron Johnson won both of his previous elections by when, when he was behind in the polls. So... The fact that he's actually ahead of the polls makes you think, wow, he must be doing great. Um, and he's opened up a lead. The, the, the issue here for the Democrats, honestly, is Mandela Barnes, who's a real problem for them. He's a, he's a, a you know defund the police type of candidate, an Elon Omar candidate. He actually did an event with Elon Omar. The, the moderate voters in Wisconsin are not buying that. So Ron Johnson has now opened up a again small to but but consistent uh, lead there. That gives us six leaners right now for. The uh, Republicans and a total sort of a subtotal here, we are going to lock in 47 right now for the Democrats in the Senate and over on the Republicans, we've got 48. So you see the Republicans after starting down, down by seven when we started this exercise has come all the way back and is now up by one. But as we know, Republicans need to get to not 50, but 51 in this particular race. And we have some toss-up states that we're going to put in the middle. And we're going to start with Arizona. Now, Arizona, some people have this as a lean Democrat. This race has tightened in the past few weeks. Last night was the first, I think, and only debate between Blake Masters and Kelly. And uh, Masters seemed to do pretty well Debates don't always move the needle as much as we think they do, but this is a race that has narrowed from 10, 12 points, then it was down to seven or eight. Now it's been down to about three points in most of the polls. Uh, can Blake Masters win this? It's going to be tough. I think his, you know, pr- the, the debate was big for him because people don't know who he is. Kelly, again, another guy who says, oh, I swear I'm moderate. I swear. What happened to all these defund the police candidates back in the day? Uh, we know in Wisconsin there's one, but there's not a lot of them. They all seem to be moderates now. What's going on? Where, do they, where did these people go when we were spending $50 trillion over the past few years? Where were all the moderates? The thing in in, in Arizona is, There is a quote unquote moderate senator there, but her name is Kirsten Sinema. What Kelly's trying to do is say, remember that person in Arizona who is bucking the trend and being the maverick and fighting against their own party? That was me. I was just dressed in 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 women's clothing and wearing glasses those days. He's trying to make everybody believe he's the guy. He voted for all this crap, though. He didn't push back on any of it. He was the guy. He voted for all the mandates. He voted for all the craziness. He voted for all the spending. All the things that you have not liked over the past few years has been in Kelly. Mark Kelly has done all of it um, along with he's basically Chuck Schumer in Arizona. That's not the profile of Arizona. We'll see if Arizona voters realize that in time. Um, Cortez Masto here in Nevada uh, going up against Adam Laxalt, uh, another toss up race. Uh, So far, I will say over the past week or so, we've seen a very small, I mean, like within the margin of error, small lead for Adam Laxalt. It's good news. But it is very, very tight there, and really no way you could say one is comfortably ahead in that race. Unlike, let's say, uh, uh, Ohio, where the fundamentals favor the Republicans, Nevada, the fundamentals sort of go the other way. They sort of favor the Democrats. However, the climate of this election is Republican-leaning. It's a, you know This is a good environment. It's a good climate if you're a Republican to win an election if you're at all competent as a candidate. Uh, North Carolina, uh, you have Ted Budd there with a... Very small lead. Almost. This is maybe the most pure toss up. These two races are almost pure toss up races. uh, North Carolina. Bud leads by about one in most of these polls, but it's super, super tight. He's really tried to keep a low profile. He's basically banking on the fact that Republicans in a purple state that's almost exactly purple. Very, very close elections. Uh, In this environment, a, a Republican that just does the basics, comes out, doesn't screw up, doesn't have any big controversies, that person with that profile can win in this race. That's the theory behind the Bud campaign. So far, it's been working, but it is very, very close there. The opposite of that theory is going on in Georgia right now. The old, hey, let's not make a lot of noise. Let's hang back and let's, let's let this environment carry us. Not the approach in Georgia where Herschel Walker has had some issues. I don't know if you've heard about them lately. We did a show on it earlier this week. Now. We don't have any polling at all since this scandal happened, so we don't know really what's going on. I think a lot of people say, well, look, Republicans aren't going to bail on Herschel Walker because they have nowhere else to go, which makes some sense. Others are saying, look, there's a lot of, you know, this is going to be it's a very close election, going to be fought, uh, a few voters in the middle. Turnout's going to be an issue if Republican voters are like, oh, gosh, I can't deal with this. They don't turn out. Herschel Walker could easily easily lose, even if. Things were going well and there was no new scandal. The polls are really close. Warnock seems to have a small lead. There was one poll that had him up 12, which is com- a complete outlier, honestly. I mean, I haven't seen anything else like that. Most of these polls have been between uh, a tie and a small lead for Warnock, two or three points. But this is uh, a, uh, a I still have this as a toss up race right now. If we see polling next week that the electorate is moving because of the scandal, that may be one that we have to move. And here's another one. And this is another move for us. This is the first time we put this in this category the entire time. It's one of the most talked about elections since the beginning. We are now moving from a lean Democrat to a toss up the state of Pennsylvania. Now, this is, of course, Dr. Oz versus uh, John Fetterman. The polls still do show a small lead for John Fetterman, but this has this has come way back to uh, to almost a tie. Uh, we were at at one point I did a, a show when we were projecting this election where there was a poll that had just come out that had Fetterman up by 16. This is post stroke, by the way. He was up by 16. And I think there was a sympathy element that went along with that. People were, gosh, this guy, you know, what a terrible thing he's gone through. I feel bad for him. I'm going to say I'm going to vote for him. That that sympathy or whatever that was has really faded away. Dr. Oz, while, I mean, again, he's not uh, an ideological conservative that I know of, he is a guy that is a pretty good communicator, has a big public profile, and honestly, especially recently, has not really made a lot of mistakes. I mean, people bring up the crudité video and the fact that he used to live in New Jersey as the two things about him. He has not made a ton of mistakes after being a candidate. It will be interesting to see if they actually... Hold this debate. If veteran shows to it, it'll be interesting to see how that comes out. But that leaves us with five uh, races in the toss up category. So kind of to go with the quick review, you've got 48 Republicans, 47 Democrats, four Republicans to take control of the Senate. We're talking about winning three of five of these races, three of five. That is absolutely doable. It's absolutely doable for the Republicans. You could absolutely see them winning any one of these five toss-up races, which would get them to potentially as many uh, as 53. Now, that's a reach, but it's very possible in this environment, especially if the economy continues to show shakiness, which it really has been lately. If, this, if the gas prices go up, and if inflation goes up, if the markets go down, you could easily see Republicans taking away a bunch of these if they don't win uh, uh, more than two of these races, then you've got another couple years of democratic control where they can push through, in particular their Supreme Court justices and all justices below, all the judges below that really without any opposition. Of course, they can also pass the types of bills that they just passed with 50 votes uh, and Kamala Harris. They can get those through on reconciliation. We'll get into that if that nightmare becomes reality. Let's not think about it too much, but that's your your state of the race. 48 Republicans, 47 Democrats, five toss-ups. Republicans need to win three of those five to take the Senate. We'll get into maybe some of the governor races here in just a second. But let's talk about, you know, the situation with the left in Congress. Now, there's no way they would accept term limits on themselves. They never do. They never do. And they're fighting tooth and nail to impose term limits on the Supreme Court justices. We just talked about how important the Senate is for this reason, because if they put a Supreme Court justice in, God forbid something happens where one of the conservative justices leaves and they replace him with some Ruth Bader Ginsburg Part Two, or uh, Katanji Brown Jackson Part Two. It's going to be very ugly. Uh, does this sound hypocritical? Uh, that the left won't support term limits on themselves but want them for the Supreme Court? Well, sure, it does, and that's what they do. Hypocrisy, constantly. Uh, They want to purge the Supreme Court of its uh, conservative justices, who just happen to be their most experienced. The whole court-packing thing, they didn't get enough uh, uh, leverage on that one. They're going the other way now. They're going to try something else to get Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito out. They would then be replaced with justices that would rubber-stamp the radical agenda of the left. Since Democrats are working hard to... past court purging with term limits, we need to work even harder to stop it. And that's why you want to be part of the great things going on uh, with uh, the efforts to stop this stuff. There are efforts to stop this stuff. And if you go to SupremeCoup.com, C-O-U-P, SupremeCoup.com, you can get involved with First Liberty Institute. They're incredible efforts that they've done, not only uh, here, but also throughout the the previous Supreme Court sessions. They've been involved in all these big cases. SupremeCoup.com, SupremeCoup.com. Com. All right. We're one month from the election. We just went through the Senate. Let's go through some of the big polls for governor. Now, when we when Stu does the polls, that's our segment here. And we not only give you the poll results, but we also kind of give you a sense as what the trajectory of the race is. Is this particular poll kind of a good result from where we were expecting things to be? Or is it a bad result or is it neutral? And we kind of go through that, uh, try to do it each and every day here as we lead up to the election. Don't miss it. Of course, StuDoesAmerica.com, where you can get all the links to social and everything else as we do this stuff. Okay, uh, let's start in Arizona for governor. There's a new poll out from CNN that has Katie Hobbs 49 and Kerry Lake 46. Now this is a, a race that's been pretty darn tight over the past f- few weeks. Hobbs is up by three in this one and this is a bad result I would say for Katie uh, for uh, Kerry Lake. Lake has been leading this race by the smallest of margins recently. And a a, a poll down three. It's a CNN poll, but still, you you take that with a grain of salt. Uh, This one's more, um, uh, there's another poll that came out from CBS News, which is more, it seems to be closer to what the race really is. Uh, This one is, of course, Lake versus Hobbs again, and we have it at 49 to 49. Uh, An an exact tie. This is a neutral poll for this race. Um, Now, of course, I want Carrie Lake to win. I will be honest with you about that. Uh, Katie Hobbs is a pretty bad candidate. Cary Lake is a pretty good candidate when it comes to, and this is a person who was on TV for a very long time, understands this world, and is doing pretty well as a candidate so far. We'll see if that works going forward. Let's go over to Nevada. We haven't spent too much time on this race. Really, Nevada's turning into a real purple state this cycle. Uh, Joe Lombardo going up against Steve Sisolak, and this one has Joe Lombardo, the Republican, up 48 246, a two-point lead for uh, Lombardo. This is a pretty good poll. You're going to be excited about this one. Uh, We'll rate that one as good. And he Really, you know, Nevada just seems like the ultimate toss-up state right now. If you had to pick one state in the union that it was the ultimate toss-up state, you might pick Nevada right now. Let's go over to Georgia. We've talked a lot about Herschel Walker. There's another big race going on there with another big personality, Stacey Abrams, going up against Brian Kemp, the Republican. And there, this poll from WXIA-TV has Brian Kemp at 47 and Stacey Abrams at 45. Now, this is a bad result for this race for Brian Kemp because he's led by more than this in a lot of polls. However, this, case, this particular poll was so bad for Herschel Walker, it shows there's a massive gap between where Walker is running in this race and where Kemp is running in this race. So in some ways you could look at this and say, Actually, this is not a bad poll for Kemp, but just to be keep us on our format, we'll say it's bad for this one. This one is another poll from uh, Fox 5, Insider Advantage, has Brian Kemp at 50 and Stacey Abrams at 45. Kemp up by five points in that poll, and we have this one as a neutral poll. Um, it's really about where the race has been, about a five-point lead. You could see Kemp winning by a little bit more than that. You could see it being a little closer, but... I really don't expect Stacey Abrams in this environment to win this race. It would be shocking. I think I would be pretty stunned. Kemp's done a good job as a governor. He's well liked. He's not seen as this real divisive uh, political figure. He's one of these guys that has done a pretty good job, has good approval ratings and should win this race by at least five points in Georgia. Over to Oregon in one of the most interesting races, races in really the entire country. This one is Christine Drazen. She's the Republican. She's going up against Tina Kotek, the Democrat. However, there's a third candidate in the race, Betsy Johnson. She's running as an independent. She's a former Democrat. So she is pulling a lot of votes from Tina Kotek. This has been an interesting race. Phil Knight, the guy who uh, runs Nike, he's uh, the richest guy in all of Oregon, donated a ton of money to Betsy Johnson, the independent candidate in the race. I think something like $3.7 million went from Knight to Betsy Johnson to promote her candidacy. She is she rose up and uh, has is doing sort of the Ross Perot impersonation here, uh, coming in with a, a real good chunk of the electorate. But that leaves the top two candidates really, really close. And just yesterday, it came out that Phil Knight has stopped donating to Betsy Johnson, the Independent, and has started to donate to Christine Drazen, the Republican. So this gives you a real crazy dynamic of a race and you have Republican Christine Drazen winning right now, 36% of the vote, Tina Kotek at 34%, Betsy Johnson at 19%, a two point lead for Drazen. Now look, any poll that shows a Republican ahead in a statewide race in Oregon gets the seal of approval from me. Uh, That is a really good poll. It's gonna be hard for a Republican to win there. And the problem with these types of races is a lot of times the Independent gets a lot of buzz early, rises up in the polls, and then when people walk into that to actually cast their vote, they think, ah, the Independent, I like her better, but she has no chance to win, and I don't want that Republican to win, so I'm going to fade back to the Democrat. I would still probably favor the Democrat in this race, but the fact that it's this close is really remarkable, and I hope Christine Drazen can pull it off. Now we go to New York. We've not shown you a lot of polling from New York. Why? Because there's never any competitive races there, especially at a statewide level. Lee Zeldin, the Republican, is going up against Kathy Hochul. The Democrat, of course, came in and replaced Andrew Cuomo after his series of 947,265 scandals, uh, including the deaths of, God only knows, untold amount of people. Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. This race is a Trafalgar poll. And it has the race at Kathy Hochul 45, Lee Zeldin 43, a two-point lead for Kathy Hochul. Now I want to talk about Trafalgar for a second. They have a really good record. They are, I believe, A-minus rated by 538, uh, one of their better ratings. They are uh, the uh, they have had they've done very well in the last two cycles of the presidential cycles. They have a different way of doing polling. We've talked to the people uh, who had this operation up, and they, say, they admit, like, we don't do it like everybody else. That's why our results are better. I will say, their results in this cycle have been really favorable for Republicans. I hope they are right. I'll be honest with you. I hope Trafalgar has nailed this yet again. But I will say, this one I'm rating... Too good to be true. The fact that Kathy Hochul is only up by two points in this poll, I just can't possibly imagine this is the way this is going to turn out. I hope it turns out that way, but I don't know. Is it possible? We'll see. I think it's too good to be true, honestly. At this point, we'll see how it goes. Um, And finally, with one month left, we have a guy who wants to run for president, it seems, Ron DeSantis. The thing is, before you run for president... You have to win your gubernatorial election. How's he doing in Florida? We know he's a big public figure. We know the Republicans like him. But how is he performing in the state? Remember, this is a guy who won by 0.4% last time. This is not a blowout. DeSantis barely squeaked in last time in a state that might be a little red, but also is pretty much purple. Ron DeSantis going up against Charlie Crist, an absolute zilch of a candidate who has run for every single office he can think of in every party he can think of. And sane. Sensibility seems to be winning out. Ron DeSantis 52, Charlie Christ, 41, an 11 point lead again. This is good, by the way, unquestionably. I just want to stress how remarkable that would be. And this is the type of thing that might springboard DeSantis into a, a presidential run. If he can win that state by 11 points or eight points, that just doesn't happen for Republicans in that state. It would be a big, big deal if DeSantis can win, not only win, but win by a margin like that. There you go. It's your review of the governors. We'll be back in a second. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do, and it can be 10 times worse if you're not working with the right agent. Generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment, and that's a lot of responsibility, and you need an agent who can help you and take that seriously. That's why I always talk about realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a company started by our own Glenn Beck many years ago to make sure you can find the best agent in In your area, no matter what you're doing, you're buying a home, whether you're selling a home, if you're moving to a new area, if you just are sick of the person that that is your agent because they're annoying, maybe they smell like soup, you know, whatever the reason is, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. I don't know if they have a no soup button, but if they do, click it. Uh, You can go there today, get some basic info, and they'll connect you to the best uh, agent in your area. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. Well, one month to the election. Are you ready for it? Are you prepared? Are you ready to freak out? Will there be a pity party? Will there be a uh, celebration? I, I don't know. Uh, Honestly, it's pretty close. I think the Republicans should take the House. We we don't have time to get into all the details of the House today, but Republicans definitely favored there. I want you to know that part of your Blaze TV subscription is all this election coverage. Uh, You know, I know I cover this a lot. I know Steve Dace covers it a lot. A lot of the hosts, uh, you know, jump in and out of this world, uh, but we will be doing full election coverage as well on election night. It'll go way into the uh, early hours of the morning to make sure you kind of know what's going on, who's going to win, what uh, terrors we have to face over the next couple of years. Midterm election coverage is on election night and we will have many more of these updates. I'm gonna try to do the polls as much as I can pretty much every day. Also, we'll be doing these periodic reviews uh, of the gubernatorial races, the House and the Senate, and also some of the ballot measures. There's some really interesting ballot measures as well. Subscribe. Be part of this, blazetv.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription. You know the mainstream media is going to give you terrible coverage. Avoid it, come here, blazetv.com slash stew. We talk about living our best life, often. And we all try to, we take a lot of time. We spend a lot of our life trying to find the best way forward. How can we enjoy life the most? How can we spend time with our family? Well, almost one of every five Americans never have that chance. They never have a chance to live outside the womb because of abortion. It's leading cause of infant death in the world. Over 63 million babies have been aborted since Roe versus Wade was enacted. And that's just here in the United States. You look at the global number, it's around a billion. It's an unthinkable Tragedy. Uh, really, it's hard to even put into numbers. Um, the ministry of uh, the ministry of Preborn and Blaze Media are partnering to help rescue fifty thousand babies from abortion in twenty twenty two. They're working to put Planned Parenthood out of business, which would be a glorious blessing to all of us. They provide free ultrasounds to expecting mothers. Eighty percent of the time, just hearing that baby's heartbeat is enough to convince the mother to keep her baby. And when she chooses life, Preborn provides. The help they need, maternity and baby clothes, diapers, car seats, counseling, much, much more, free of charge. That's their level of commitment to the preservation of life. Preborn has a passion to save unborn babies from abortion and see women come to Christ as well. Over the past 15 years, preborn centers have counseled over 450,000 women considering abortion and 188,000 babies have been saved. Will you help rescue babies' lives? To donate, dial pound 250 and use the keyword baby. That's pound two fifty. The keyword is baby or go to preborncom slash stew. It's preborn.com slash stew. Federal agency chargeable tax and gun purchase case against Hunter Biden. Uh, so that's coming out now, whether they're going to be charged is a whole nother story. It's not like the agent's decision, but the a Trump appointee, a Delaware U.S. attorney, uh, David Weiss now has to make the decision as to whether charges go forward. I will say, you know, it's weird. Like, I mean, the guy's been hooking up with hookers on camera over and over again. I feel like if I did that, it would be a problem. Like, I, I feel like somebody would be really upset about it. I mean, certainly my wife, but also like authorities. Like, can you do that and get away with it? I, I don't I don't understand this world anymore. The justice doesn't exactly seem to be just uh, Biden. Uh, made this big statement about nuclear Armageddon and everyone said, oh, my gosh, what's going on? We bought all these radiation pills where, what, what, you know, this medication as well. What's going on? Is there some new intelligence that is setting this off? No, no, it's just him blurting it out. That's all. Just blurting it out. Biden's nuclear warning, not based on new intelligence, opens a window into real worries inside the White House that he just keeps blurting out this crap. And no one knows how to prepare for it. This is, by the way, uh, from CNN. This isn't like. Uh, You know, a Daily Wire story or a Blaze story or a Daily Caller story. This is C freaking NN saying there are massive problems in the White House. They all know it. One thing to sit back and think about when you watch the coverage of Joe Biden, you think think to yourself, I can't believe people aren't noticing this. They are noticing it. The people inside the White House, the people on the left, big time Democratic donors, all see this too. They all know it's happening. They're going to lie about it. All the time, because that's what they do. But they have seen it. They understand it. They know this is really going the wrong way. They know this guy can't do this job. And it's just a matter of how, how much danger they want to put America in before they pull the plug on this thing. It really is embarrassing. Finally, let me give you another incoherent story from politics. Uh, new York Mayor Eric Adams has declared a state of emergency over the influx of migrants in his area. They have 17,000 uh, new immigrants coming to their city of how many million? 14 million. I, I can't. Look, this has been the biggest dream of all time for the Greg Abbott campaign. You know, Abbott was isn't a slightly kind of competitive race against Beto O'Rourke, which he should win anyway. But this is just helping him. I wonder sometimes if Eric Adams is working for the the Greg Abbott campaign down here because. He said, we have a situation where more people are arriving in New York City than we can immediately accommodate, including families with babies and young children. Once the asylum seekers from today's buses are provided shelter, we would surpass the highest number of people in our recorded history in our city's shelter system. This is every day in Texas times 10 every day in California and Arizona and and New Mexico, the whole border is getting this treatment all the time. The fact that you have to deal with it once for a month and you can't is so incredibly revealing. All right, it's Friday. Let's welcome you and I together here to partake in delicious treats. It's Stew Eats America. Yes, it's time to review some of the newest snack foods on the market. Now, let me start here. Now, if you, are, if you have kids, uh, a lot of people will say, well, what are goldfish? And they're like, oh, those? you mean those cheesy crackers favored like, gold, like goldfish? And, of course, that's true. But we all know, if you're a parent, you know these people are suckers because there's like a 1,000 flavors of goldfish. Some of them are sweet. Some of them are savory. Some of them are made out of like pretzels. They're all sorts of weird stuff. They're just shaped like goldfish. This new one is called Dunkin' Donuts Pumpkin Spice Graham Goldfish Limited Edition which is a really short title, and it's available right now, I guess. Uh, pumpkin spice, the kind of flavor you fall for. Now, I don't know what Dunkin' Donuts have. I mean, they're not like, they make pumpkin spice stuff, but I mean, goldfish could just make a pumpkin spice flavor. Try not to rip this so it spills all over the place. Ooh, they smell good, they smell good. All right, here we go. Um, by the way, we rate these on a, a uh, an old school grade scale, A to F. Let's give this one a try. They look delicious, they smell delicious. Let's try them. Mm-hmm. Crunchy, cookie, graham crackery taste. Some pumpkin spice in there. Not overwhelming, you know, just a a good amount. Oh yeah, these are good. Calculating in my internal rating system here. Could I eat a whole bag of these? Probably, but not like not every day. And it's a seasonal flavor. I do like them, though. I'm going to give them a solid B here for Goldfish Limited Edition Dunkin' Pumpkin Spice Grams. Now, we're going to some drinks. Let's go with this one, brand new, from Pepsi. This is uh, Pepsi Cola. I got the Zero Sugar variety. I do like that. Uh, this is Zero Sugar Cream Soda Cola. They're just, just combining it. Like, There's are just like, oh, we're at the end of that barrel of uh, soda, of uh, cola, and cream. What should we do with it? I don't know. Let's mix them together and sell it flavor not particularly the smell not particularly distinct. Hmm. Now, I like I like my soda as you know. I like my Pepsi as you know. I like cream soda. I like all this stuff. This is just like a bunch of things I really like mixed together, which you'd think is pretty darn good. And I will say that is true. Pretty freaking darn good. Oh yeah. This is something I'm going to buy. I'm going to give this one a B plus, a solid B plus. And I'm bordering on A minus. Went with B plus. I don't wanna I don't wanna get too clickbaity here, so I went with a B plus. Finally, last one we have here for you today. This is the mystery flavor for 2022, Mountain Dew Voodoo. I don't know what it is because it's a mystery flavor. So we're gonna try to experience this together and see if we can figure it out. Hmm. It's definitely a citrus vibe, but you'd expect that with dew. Ooh, very sweet. Now it's a regular one and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm i like the zero sugar stuff, but I will say, so it's, an explosion of flavor. I feel like it's somewhere within like a Mandarin orange, maybe a little white grape. Is that possible? A white grape? I, yeah, I feel like white grape might be in this thing. It's an interesting, flavor. I will say it's not going to be my favorite. Would I drink a soda filled with this stuff? Yeah. I mean I'll, will I drink a bunch of chemicals in a bottle that says mystery flavor? Sure, of course I will. Not my favorite though. I'll give this one I'll give this one a C minus. C minus for Mountain Dew Voodoo. You can see all this Stu Eats America at YouTube. We'll see you next week.